This episode of Campwire is brought to you by the Redwoods Group. Redwoods is a safety-focused insurance provider for camps. Last summer, your camp likely felt staffing challenges. Those challenges often compromise safety at a time where society is less tolerant of any accident or injury. Redwoods leadership Kevin Trapani and Paige Bagwell have created a new podcast to explore this intersection between society's expectations and your camp safety practices. It's called Staffing Safety Society. They cover big topics each week in about 20 minutes per episode. Just search for Staffing Safety Society on your favorite podcast platform. everybody. Uh, I'm Alyssa Dannenberg, content director here at ACA, and really excited to bring this group of amazing camp professionals with lots of experience in many, many things. But um, today we're going to be talking about their work around camper well-being and MESH, mental, emotional, social health, and mental health to hopefully provide you all with some resources. But before we go into that, uh, we definitely want to get some introductions on the line. So, I am going to turn it over to my colleague, Lauren, who will then turn it over to our subject matter experts today. All right. Hello, I'm Lauren McMillan. I am the Public Relations and Communications Manager at ACA, and I'm super excited to be joined by this fabulous group of people to talk about all things mental, emotional health. So without further ado, uh, welcome, Allie. Hi, everybody. My name is Allie Farsi, and I am the director at Camp Foley, which is a co-ed camp in north central Minnesota. I have been there since uh, 2008 in my current role, and I'm very excited to talk with all of you about some of the work that this group has put together. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Dave Brown. I'm a director at Mountain Camp in California. I've been there year-round since 2010, and um, I'm excited to be here today. And hi, everyone. I'm Corey Miller. I work for Camp Harlem, which is a residential overnight camp in the Poconos of Pennsylvania. Uh, it's one of the camping of the Reform Jewish movement. I've been doing the work for about 10 years, and I'm also a licensed social worker, and I'm equally happy to be here with this amazing group to talk about a wonderful topic. Thanks, everybody. And to just kind of set the tone of how these people who live in different parts of the country would ever get to know each other and start to build relationships with each other, we're all very lucky to be working alongside each other on the HEBUT grant that is the service through the American Camp Association. So Corey, Dave, and Allie, uh, and our dear friend Hilary Monford and Erica Yamaguchi, um, and John Hamilton and Lori Brown and Tracy Gaslin and a very robust list of people have all been dedicating their time and efforts to um, develop resources for camper well-being and mental health that will be coming out in the future. So for now, though, they have been they are willing to join us today to answer some questions that we have about their experiences this past couple of summers uh, and also some ways that you can support camper health, camper well-being and mental health at camp. So with that, from each of your perspectives at camp, and we can just jump from one person to the other, um, however you all want to chime in, can you each tell us about the mental health and well-being challenges that you've seen campers experiencing, whether that's this year, during COVID specifically, kind of an overall picture? How, is, how has that looked for each of you? 
I think it, at Mountain Camp, we have a particularly kind of highly resourced group of, of campers. And in general, I think that we've noticed campers these last two years having higher levels of anxiety, uh, lower levels of social skills. But as far as like outward behaviors that are really problematic, you know, we haven't, I think, seen as much um, as we might have expected, because I think a lot of our campers are coming from from backgrounds where they've been really well supported through COVID, um, which has not been everybody's experience. But I think actually what we've seen more is is that staff have been struggling in terms of pre-COVID versus post-COVID. I think we've noticed staff struggling more versus how they were doing in 2018 and, and 19. And, and the campers actually, in, in some ways, seem to have been more resilient than some of the adults that we've seen at camp. Yeah, I'll add some of my thoughts onto that. And most of them mirror a lot of what Dave is talking about. Um, um, but I think what interestingly is, you know, we all see camp as sort of this safe haven and this safe space for kids to do well. But what's clear is that what's happening outside of camp gates for our campers, but probably more importantly for our young staff members, is that life is world, the world's become more challenging um, and their abilities to manage their well-being has become increasingly difficult. And I imagine we'll move into sort of the staff support a little bit later and talk a little more in depth about that. Um, but I think similar to what Dave shared, we have seen a level of resiliency in our campers. And I think some of that is because of some of the experience or the practice they need they have needed to, um, or the skills they've needed to build to manage uncertainty that the pandemic has brought for them, um, whereas it might have just impacted our staff at a different point in their development to make it a little bit more challenging for them. Yeah, I think the only thing that I would add to uh, what Corey and Dave said, because I definitely agree with most of or, or all of what they just shared, but um, the only thing I think I would add is that I think kids are coming in with more knowledge about mental health. They're self-educating or being educated somewhere outside of camp about, you know, kind of what is going on and um, their their ability to talk about mental health, I think, has um, continuing to exponentially increase and they're, um, if they're open about it and they're talking to mental health professionals and we've had more and more campers that have continued those relationships um, with mental health professionals while they've been at camp as well um, via, you know, Zoom or other, other means. So I think that's been an interesting trend that I've seen over the last few years is just the ability for kids to talk about it and willingness to talk about it, which I think is, overall is a really positive thing. It just kind of opens different doors of, you know, potential challenges and things with other campers and staff uh, offering their input too. Thanks to you all. And um, we got a rift here a little bit because this is a podcast and other questions are going to come up as we start to talk. And Corey, you brought up the, um, the impact of camp. And before we go on to our next question, I want to sit there for a minute and talk about the positive impacts that camp has had um, for youth. And you all mentioned staff, right? That's the one piece that, you know, we didn't focus too much on with our pre-list of questions. But does anybody want to add the positive impact of camp that they've seen and how uh, the importance of camp has shown through staff or campers this summer? I mean, well, that could be a whole podcast <laughs> uh, right there. Yeah. I mean, how, how how can we not bring that up, right? It's that 
um, what what can happen for um, members of a camp community in the summer could give them all the skills to thrive throughout the rest of the year. So I think it's probably why those of us who are camp professionals um, work and rework and rethink exactly what we want to do to try to make the community as um, a positive experience as possible because we know that we can't control what happens outside of camp, but we can hopefully provide the safe space where um, kids might even mess up and struggle significantly, but they can do that sort of under the watchful eyes of people who are really positioned to care deeply about them and to play a role in helping them to develop skills to manage hardships once they leave camp. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, we, during the pandemic, especially later on, we're hearing all these reports of, you know, official research that's showing that kids are really struggling. Um, and I think anecdotally, we felt that maybe in our own families or communities too. And so I think a lot of what we did as camp professionals was like, prepare for this is going to be really, really hard. And then we're actually a little bit surprised. And we're like, the kids are actually doing much better than we expected. And I think maybe part of that is because even if they were really struggling in other places in their lives when they came to camp, that's an easier place to do better because of all the supports that are not just naturally built into the environment. But then I think, you know, many of us also kind of said, okay, well, let's really be prepared for this. And so then when kids get to camp and they have this environment that's maybe more supportive or more caring, maybe they're away from these pressures of school or home where they, you know, felt trapped or um, those kind of things, then, um, then maybe that's, that's a, a factor as to why we didn't see quite as much struggle as maybe we expected was because the camp environment's a great place for kids to feel and do better. Exactly. And I would also add that it, there's just consistency and routine. And I think kids and families have had everything just sort of flipped upside down and just to be able to come to camp and especially for those campers who have been to, to our programs before and are returning, they're seeing a lot of the same things that they saw, you know, pre-pandemic. And, um, and if they are new to the program, then they get used to the routine and then it's the same, you know, camp is great about making sure, most camps are great about making sure that routine is kind of followed and kids can really embrace that and feel like they are having that stability that they maybe haven't had outside of the camp programs. Yeah, I, I feel like I have to jump in again, right? Because, you know, you think about, um, you hope that camp is the antidote to loneliness, right? So loneliness and hopelessness, you know, you know are, are words you hear a lot when you think about depression and rising rates of depression, and you hope that at camp, it's a space that nobody's feeling alone in their feelings. It's like a, a place where there's lots of sharing um, and sitting next to someone who might share the same level of challenge or difficulties or range of emotions that you felt over time probably empowers people to feel like they're not alone and hopefully provides a small cure or a medicine of, of hopelessness for, for kids at such a challenging time. Um, I also love what Dave said sort of about we're expecting the worst at kids at camp. And I was I was on an interesting call earlier in the week looking at summer 22 versus summer 2021. Um, and summer 2021, it's like we put everything into making sure we were all things we could be to make sure kids really got what they needed. Um, and I think that led to like a really interesting 2022 
uh, where it was going to be really hard to operate to that same level. But I don't think any of us as camp professionals would have changed the energies and efforts we put into the importance of providing this type of experience of a community of well-being for, for the kids when they needed it in 2021. Yeah, well said, Corey, and you, you're all alluding to the question around the, the pandemic and how, you know, we serve youth and staff in 2021 versus 2022 and, you know, 2023 ways that you might not even know that you're going to have to support this summer. So um, is there anything that you can share for the good of our listeners, uh, the ways that you supported campers pre and post-demic or, or maybe even ways that you're planning on supporting staff and campers in 23 we could take the that direction as well when we came back from the pandemic one of the things we really focused on up front was the expectations for the campers the structure that was there for the campers and like the and the ability to to really make connections right away at camp and so one of the small changes that we made was just more time right after they arrived on that opening day to get to know each other, to um, to just feel comfortable in the space, to connect with their counselors, and for the cabins to kind of set up their expectations together, their agreements together in these cabin meetings and things like that, to really just front load the feeling of I'm safe here, I'm accepted here, I'm included, I belong, um, because you know, especially with what we saw around struggles with social skills, we're like, this is, you know, this is, we know social skills get built at camp, but we also know that that's a particular thing that we've all had less practice at these last two years because of COVID. So let's try to do more of that right away to, to really set everybody up for success. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Allie, you go first. Um, yeah, and I would agree with that, Dave, and also kind of leaving room for um, relaxation and space. I think we saw kids right away when they came back were not able to kind of hit camp the same, with the same energy that they maybe would have prior. And I think doing some soul searching, we probably had seen that trend for a few years, even before the pandemic of just making sure that there were times and places that we had uh, good space for kids to have downtime, relax, maybe a little less um, jammed into a day at camp. Um, you know, we are a three week camp, so we have the ability to kind of, you know, we can sit with that time a little bit easier than maybe some of the shorter term camps. But, um, you know, I think finding ways to, to build in that rest too has been really important for kids to recharge and, and think about how they, you know, what they want to do going forward and what they've uh, accomplished so far. Go ahead, Corey. Yeah, no, those are all such good points. I mean, I, I think we can't really underestimate the importance of um, at camp, just seeing a place where people feel welcomed and valued. And I, I think the emphasis has been and always continue will continue to be on um, obviously like building skills and making sure kids feel validated, that they're listened to, that like I said earlier, no one's really feeling alone with the range of emotions that they're feeling. Um, but but one of the things that I really appreciated, particularly in doing some of the work with this group and, um, you know, not only like the amazing Dave and Allie on this call and Alicia, but some of the other people that weren't able to join us today is really thinking about um, like what what processes can we have in place so 
the response, it, it isn't just about sort of the counselor or the first responder, right? Like that's great if it is, but we have to know what people are doing so that if our staff are doing amazing things in regards to validation and listening skills and helping to really improve well-being of campers, then they should be commended on it so they can continue to, to do good work, but that also that there's some mechanism in place so there's a window into when people aren't having great responses. Maybe their responses are just good or not so good. And, and there's a way to um, you know, train and coach and empower young staff to do this validation and the listening, all the things that we know are so important to well-being, you know, to their utmost abilities, um, and thinking about how how can we, you know, create some sort of structure or mechanism to um, know what's happening in the bunks or within bunk groups when, you know, professionals are not around. So along those lines, in addition to the specific training and, and thinking strategically about how to support young staff, what are, what are some more examples of some of the specific ways that you all manage camper challenges that are related to mental health and well-being at camp? I mean, there's so many directions to go there. It's so difficult. Um, I mean, I, I'm going to always be the the big advocate for making sure that you support staff well-being. Uh, I mean, I think that's really critical, and I, I don't want you to think I'm skirting the answer of specific techniques, and I'm sure we'll get to that, but um, I, I think what we've all learned, and that's been through formal conversations and some of the more informal or anecdotal ones that we've had, is that, you know, our, our staff, uh, our young staff are our greatest assets at camp. But if they don't feel cared about, um, even with their best of intentions, they're not going to be able to apply anything um, that we try to train them on to support camper well-being. So um, I do think that, yes, teaching specific skills to empower staff to have the confidence to do the work is important. But I think first and foremost, letting staff know that like their well-being matters as well. Um, probably more than anything is like a really good, or it's a shoe into opening their minds and their, um, you know, their potential to in, impact the lives of the young campers they're supervising. Yeah, I can jump in there too. Thanks, Corey. Um, I was talking to our executive director earlier, and one of the things that he mentioned that that really struck home to me too was um, was really being properly staffed. Right. And this this understanding that when you're training staff to intervene with campers who are struggling, that can be difficult. And you're always going to have the spectrum of um, of skill set there with with how comfortable and how good staff are at supporting campers. But no, almost no matter what, like that support, if it's really emotional, takes a toll. And even when you have staff who are very good at it, if they're doing it a lot, it's going there, you know, they're going to need a break. And so making sure that you are have enough staff that you can support the frontline staff who are doing that work every, you know, moment to moment with the campers um, so that there are other people that can support. So if that means that, you know, frontline staff have to step out every once in a while because they're really struggling, you've got somebody to step in for them. Um, or even just having a lot of those kind of mid-level staff who are not in cabin with the campers, but are not directors who can be available to step in with campers in the moment or support staff in the moment. And, um, and I think, 
you know, even if you have a ton of fantastic staff, if you barely have enough staff to kind of spread across your program, <clears throat> you know, you're going to be in trouble when, when they need extra support. And so um, having enough, just enough people uh, to be able to provide everybody with the support they need can, it can be a difficult, it's a challenge, it's a challenging thing for staffing, but it's a, I think an important thing to, to have. Piggybacking directly off that too, Dave, is like, okay, you get the, you get enough staff in, but I think there's been a lot of shifting around of positions um, in our world right now. So people may be getting promoted from a, you know, head counselor or something into more middle management, assistant director, program director roles. And what's been the training for those people? I think we all do that. You know, we have somebody that all of a sudden can't come back. Somebody gets promoted. What's the training for that new individual and making sure that we slow down, you know, now is the perfect time in the off season to look at what those training structures are as you go down your, um, you know, kind of through their, your roles at camp and making sure that they have adequate up to date um, training that does, you know, that includes the stuff that you do on site, but also a lot of these topics, mental health, emotional health, social health topics that maybe you can um, get them that extra training prior to camp uh, so that they feel supported and, and understand their role with the kids and, and the other staff as well. One of, well. Dave had a great graphic. I know during one of the times we were all together doing some of the HEB work um, where, um, you know, he talked a little bit about what you can do and what you can't do as a staff member. And I remember at first glance, I thought, oh, this is this might not go over well because it's making staff feel unimportant that their their job isn't to find out what what someone's life was about and try to help them. And um, but but as I looked at it more and, and got involved in some more conversation, what I realized it was like it was really taking the pressure off. So I, I think that's a real strategy with our young staff to help them to know what their role is and what their role isn't. Um, and we know so many staff come to camp thinking that they just wanna um, have such a big impact and they feel like they wanna learn everything they can about the, their campers and they wanna give them guidance and they wanna fix anything that is, that's wrong. And I think that I glossed over it a little bit earlier, but really focusing the training on listening and, and sort of validating a campus experience rather than, and, than um, the focus being on having a camper come to you with a problem and you fixing it for them um, really took the pressure off and, and really helped staff to understand that the greatest you can give gift you can give often to kids is to say, I can't fix it, but I want to support you um, and feeling as good as you can or take the pressure off campers sort of delving into such big, heavy, emotional topics about they're at camp. If taking a break from those big emotions is really what might be what's best for a child during a summer camp experience. So um, I know I threw, sort of threw a lot in there, but it's just some of the things that Allie and Dave were saying did make me think about really the importance of our staff knowing like what they can and can't do, not to make them feel bad, but to make them feel like, oh, I got this. I don't need special training to learn how to listen and to care and to support kids through challenging things. And who to go to, right, Corey? Like, so, you know, this is the person that um, I report to if I see this in a camper or if I need help with this. I think sometimes, especially for larger camps, there's some confusion of, 
you know, who do I bring these topics to? Is it the camp nurse? Is it a camper care specialist? Is it a director? Is it assistant director? Is it my co-counselor? Um, so really clarifying that for staff. What's the avenue that I go to when I need um, help with supports for mental health issues with their with their campers? No, I just, it's just, it's so interesting. It's like so many of us have been doing this for so long, but every year we're just trying to really get it better. And I think some of that is because we're training new incoming staff of the same age or the same developmental level as, you know, from year to year to year. Um, but I also think it's because it's complicated, right? And so much is changing. And um, like, for instance, I, I will say like, I, I used to think that it wasn't necessarily important for staff to know a lot about um, what, how really do you diagnose ADHD or, you know, what, what, what is self-harm and, and why do kids engage in it? And I used to think like, may, maybe they don't need to know all this. It just complicates it. But I've sort of what I've learned over time is that when you give people the information, as long as the framing isn't, so now you know everything there is to know and you're a clinician, it helps them to feel less spooked or less concerned when these issues arise. And like Ali was saying, now they feel like they might have an, they know who to go to, but in talking about some of these things that might surface, um, you know, from a mental health perspective at camp, I think it does give young staff the ability to take a breath and be good first responders to some of these things and then know what their next step is. Um, and it's, you know, each year you think you do it great and then you realize it could be greater and then it could be greater and greater and greater. And I think that's probably what camp professionals hold so much. It's not one and done, you know, and say, oh, now we have it and it's going to be great because this is such important work. We, you, you wanted, you want it to be great year after year. Yeah, and I, I want to go there to just highlight that what I keep hearing is um, a lot around your culture at camp and the community of care that you're providing uh, to your staff. And I, I also want to acknowledge to the listeners, yes, I, I hear you were in a staffing crisis. You know, we all know that there is a staffing crisis, but it seems as though by creating this community amongst your staff, at least for the three of you, that you've been able to provide more support to your staff, which provides uh, maybe that longevity of an employee or or them telling a friend that they had a good experience at your camp. And, and I'm not saying that you're going to solve the staffing crisis here today by listening to our podcast, but I just want to acknowledge that there is that crisis. We are aware of it, but if anybody wants to talk a little bit maybe about uh, what I just said, or if you want to add to it, it, it seems like there's there could be a connection here. I'm going to nominate Allie because I think Allie is really, I mean, really skilled at, at forging these connections with staff. So I'm going to throw it to you. Alicia, could you just repeat the question, like exactly what you're trying to get me to Talk yeah, quick. yeah, yeah, good, good. <laughs> Thank you for that because I was just really wanting people to acknowledge that, like, we know that there is a staffing crisis. But, yeah, what I'm my question is do you think there's a connection between providing a community uh, and a camp culture of supporting well being and staff mental health to um, not resolving the staffing crisis, but supporting staffing issues that you could have at camp? 
Awesome. Okay. Thanks, Corey, for uh, nominating me. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> I would say definitely there's a correlation. Um, you know, the easy answer is yes. Uh, the harder answer is something that comes down to what all of us wish we had so much more uh, of and something we wish we could buy in droves, which is time. You know, I think, um, you know, be, having the ability to talk to any person for as long as they need and in any situation that they need um, would be something I think that we all wish that we could provide. Um, it does take time to forge those relationships. And I think gone are the days where staff leave camp and they are thinking that the employee employer relationship is over. Um, you know that it continues year round and you have to find ways that you can connect with those staff in an appropriate manner and um, you know something that you feel comfortable in and you know, still allow yourself as a director to have a break as well, which is a whole nother uh, can of worms that I don't think we'll get into today, but how to take care of ourselves in this industry too. Um, so it does take that time. And I think you have to find ways that whether it's texts or emails or phone calls or letters, um, that connection piece has to be part of your off season plan. And, you know, it's free in the sense that you don't have to pay a bunch of money to put ads on Google to keep those connections going. Um, but it does cost something, which is, you know, your time and energy to keep those relationships um, connected and you have to do it. And it starts at the second um, before it starts before people get to camp and it continues through when, you know, they you want that relationship to be over, whether that's when they're an alumni or a parent or or whatever. So um, or never. I think a lot of times it's never. So I don't really know if I answered your question or not, but OK. <laughs> you can't see me on video, Campfire people, but I put a thumbs up and I'm shaking my head. Yes. Dave, you want to add to that? Yeah, it's such a good point, Ali. And the thing I want to highlight there is is that idea of the connection or the relationship that you're having with individuals because I think at both levels at like the director supporting staff and the staff supporting campers when we think about like mesh issues it's really easy to get overwhelmed and be like well how am I supposed to support somebody who you know, is clearly struggling to like a level that, you know, ha is beyond me. This is not my training. This isn't what I do. And what I want people to understand is that even people who are trained as mental health professionals to support people who are really suffering, the first step for them is still the connection or the relationship that they have with the person who's suffering. And so, with you, you're not a mental health professional and you're not doing that work, but you're a camp professional and you know what connecting with people is about. Like that's the, you know, at the heart of kind of a, what we do every day, even though we're not doing it with a mental health lens, it's still that idea of sitting with somebody and saying, you know, you're not alone. I'm here with you. Uh, and and that, and that can be enough to like to, to start the good work. And so even if you don't have the answer to that camper or that staff member's issue in the moment, simply being that person that says, you know, I'm here for you. I see what's going on. That's really hard. You're not alone. Um, that is the beginning of like the, the good work that, that, that we can do at camp, even while very much holding that line or that boundary of like, we are not mental health professionals. We're not healing you. We're not fixing you. Um, 
you know, and, and uh, yeah, we can do that though. And, and that's what I, that, that's where I, I want to like empower everybody to recognize like, oh, so we can be helpful around these issues, even without being mental health professionals. That was just so beautifully said. And I just, I think it just speaks so much to the impact and the power of your words. And I, I think this is, you know, this is conversation all of us have been really deep in together, um, you know, in our time together, but also obviously I'm sure part of the, the groupings that we're a part of is it's what, yeah, for anyone in life, right? Like when you put something out about yourself or a struggle, what you get back first from somebody often lays the foundation for what's going to happen next. So, you know, if you tell someone you're having a bad day and all they do is say, like, you complain a lot, like everyone has bad days, you, you're, there's no connection. That's a disconnect. Um, but if you really think about the power of your words and what you're saying to somebody when they share a piece of their experience, whether it's little or big, and it's one that is sending a message that I'm in your corner, I've got your back, I'm on your side, I'm listening to you, I hear you, I care deeply about you, you're building connection. And camp is just all about connection, right? And then when you think about mental health, and you know that people who feel connected get through challenging life circumstances, it's what makes you, I think, at least for me, it like invigorates me every time I think about it, because we have no control over the experiences that people are having. Um, we only know that there's a greater likelihood of them getting through it if they have connections. And if we can play a role in helping our staff to build connections with their campers, because we've built connections with our staff, who, who, who wouldn't want to put all their energies and efforts into that? And that actually kind of, in a way, takes us back to like Lauren's original question, which was like, what are the specific things that you're teaching your staff to do with campers? And we can go back to that moment that Corey just mentioned of like, hi, I am a person who is struggling and I come to you and ask for help. What's the first thing you say? And Corey was saying like, um, you know, often the response is, um, you know, let's get that fixed or, or even like, this is what you're doing wrong, right? If you're struggling, let me tell you what you're doing wrong that you need to change or fix as opposed to that's really hard. That's tough. Right. Which is, which is that idea of empathy of you're coming to me. I'm going to validate your experience. I'm just going to hold the thing that you said and let you know that you're not alone in that feeling. I'm not going to try to fix it for you. I'm not going to tell you what you're doing wrong. Uh, and that's a very concrete technique that people can use in those moments to connect with, with anybody, kids or adults, um, as opposed to doing what we often do, which is saying like, oh, you've got a problem, let me fix it for you or tell you what you're doing wrong so that you can do it right. And that, that has good intentions, right? You're doing that because you want them to get better. But by jumping to the, this is how you fix it, without saying, but I see your experience right now. And I under, I'm doing my best to at least try to understand it, even if I can't ever truly do that. Um, that demonstrating of like, this is my effort to really understand you. That's the, the connective moment that we can teach our staff to do with campers. And, um, and I think is a, 
really powerful thing. But it's a hard, but a hard thing. It's so hard. It's just so hard because it goes against everything we know about caring about people who are struggling, right? Like, no, we don't want to see people suffer. We want to make it better, right? So our instincts, like you were saying, Dave, like the intentions are so good. Someone we care about, whether it's, you know, in our personal lives or as a camp professional or is it shares something where they're struggling and we just want them to feel better. Um, so that feeling is good. It's just having the discipline and getting some of the training on just moving that feeling aside, even if for a moment, so that your first response is one that doesn't go right to making it better. It's giving sort of the time and the space and you know using silence as a as a great technique to distance someone's experience and someone's feelings to your i want to fix it mode and make someone feel better because i care about them and as camp directors our primary thing is always to put the fires out immediately right and it takes a lot to like you said both of you to to rein yourself in you know you're at the airport you want to make it be efficient you don't want to <laughs> sit there and you know listen to people complain about it but you want to make it efficient immediately uh it's the same thing you know at, at your own camp so that's really really tough to do yeah and important yeah yeah and and i don't even have to ask the next question, I'm going to turn it over to Lauren, but just encourage the listeners, if you rewind the last four minutes of the conversation that just happened, the answer to the question, how do you equip staff with the techniques that they need to help manage uh, these situations that could come up? Corey, Dave, and Allie just expressed it in so many different ways. Um, and I, I, I just love that you guys are acknowledging um, the hearing and listening and, and just doing things that we always don't think about that could come first, the benefits that those have on staff and then on campers. Uh, so rewind. Lauren, you, maybe we could put like a rewind uh -huh. sound in there. <laughs> just give it a listen. Anyway, I'll turn it over to you, Lauren. Yeah, no, but you're absolutely right. I encourage listeners to go back, rewind and take notes and then and put into action and try to apply all those so well said points um, that were just discussed. So we're going to try to try to reel it back in for a second. I know we just talked about all these different techniques to help support staff um, and therefore to help campers and the entire camp community. We're going to bring it in. What is one thing? And like, if it's three things, that's fine. What is one thing that you were hopeful for at camp this upcoming summer? I am really hopeful for more social, emotional learning, skill building. I think it's something that we have always done at camp and uh, are getting better and better at the more research comes out about, you know, social, emotional learning skills and how to build them. Um, but that I think is one of the biggest kind of stress with the stressor of the pandemic. I think the the progress of kids, social and emotional learning is one of the things that's taken the biggest, the biggest hits um, at all levels. And, and so I think that's where I think camp can potentially do the most good in response to the pandemic is to just be this place where kids can come and learn how to be more resilient, learn how to interact 
face to face to build relationships with each other and and to build all of the the social and emotional skills that they need um, in the future. So I'm just I'm excited to continue to um, move forward with that. One thing that I'm really uh, looking forward to and hopeful for um, for this upcoming summer is to see campers, staff, um, leadership teams, kind of the whole gamut of camp uh, people that are at camp work on reciprocal support. I think we've been really good at starting to support one, one another. And um, I would love to see now that people have can feel supported in the camp community of how they can pass that on uh, to another person who maybe isn't feeling as supported or needs that extra support on a specific day. So just working with um, all of our, our members, just in the, the whole team on how to offer that reciprocal support to one another is something I, I think would be really cool to see, continue to see. Yeah, and I, and I hope people are coming to camp and they're, um, they're, it's easier for them. You know, I, I, I know that sounds sort of trite um, and, and I don't know what will get it like whether it'll be easier for them because they've had hard things in life and a lot of practice on developing strategies. So when they're at camp, they're employing the strategies or whether it's because, you know, camp will just be uh, a reprieve or a safe space to forget about all those things. But I, I just, I just want, I just want camp to be easier and kids and staff to know that you can breathe easier and hopefully it can just be fun. Um, I feel like I'm reminded so often that people just don't often give themselves the permission to just take a breath and just have fun, right? So I know like a lot of parents don't even give the kids or kids as they're getting older the ability to have a summer experience because they're thinking about the next thing like, oh, you have to be ready to start high school or you have to be ready to start applying to college. And it's just, it's such a loss because people need to just have fun um, and for our staff as well. So I, I do hope that, you know, the, the little bit I heard from staff and kids about how much pressure it is to sort of be at camp and away from things I have to do or away from social media, that, that we'll just hear that a little bit less and camp can just be an opportunity for more people to take a break from, you know, their everyday experiences. Thanks guys for your hopefulness on that. And the the last question that we're going to go into here is what advice would you give someone new to the camping industry in supporting mental health and well-being at camp? However, I should revise it because new or veteran, right? I mean, there are so many different types of people out there who are serving campers and serving staff. So what's that general piece of advice or that hopefulness that we just shared? What's a word of encouragement that you would share to those people out there? Uh, I'd love to go back to Ali's earlier point about like kind of the silver lining of the pandemic being a greater awareness around mesh issues for, for people. And, and I think, um, you know, I, I think what that offers is that people, you know, staff these days seem to be more tuned into their own, um, their own needs. And I think the best piece of advice is that 
this work is so connected to who you are as a person that you cannot do it. You cannot do your best work unless you are well. Um, and your well-being directly translates into the quality of the work that you do with campers and staff. Um, and so when people say self-care, like you got to take care of yourself, it's uh, it's real. It's, it's more real, I think, than even other other industries where it's like, well, I can just kind of bite my lip and struggle through this and still do as good of a job as I would have done if I was really happy and healthy myself. And I think, you know, there's no camp professional that hasn't struggled through their own issues and still done great work with kids. But, um, but I think in the camp world, really the quality of your well-being just translate to the, to the quality of your work. So take care of yourself and make sure that um, that you're doing what you need to do to be, you know, to to up your own well-being as much as you can uh, as you as you do the job. Dave kind of stole mine, but I will add on to that. Um, that uh, I think sometimes our first uh, inclination, especially if you're coming into a program that maybe was already there and the kind of the structure was already laid out is to try to in, insert well-being into the current program that you have. So one suggestion I would have is maybe structure camp around the well-being. So if that means kind of blowing up your schedule and um, starting over, and that is not just for the campers and the staff, but that's you as a director too. So if you need to make sure that you're off on a good break every Saturday, then you need to structure camp around the fact that you're going to be gone every Saturday so that you can get that um, that time away or, or those hours away um, instead of trying to insert your own breaks into the camp schedule. Maybe think about it the other way around. Um, I think there's some value in, in that piece, too, because I totally agree with Dave. You have to take care of yourself, to take care of others. So. Yeah, and I would say, I, I don't know if this falls under advice or a reminder, but um, I would want, uh, you know, people entering or re-entering or returning to the camp work to remember that it's your interest and desire to do it that's probably best positions for you to be doing it well. Um, most people do this work because they care deeply about the, you know, the lives of young people and they want to play a role in, in sort of impacting their lives for the better. Um, which sort of speaks to the connection that has sort of weaved its way through this entire podcast is that, um, you know, you just wanting to do this work means that you're coming to it with compassion and empathy and the desire to show other people that you want to connect with them and that you care about them. And you don't need a special degree to do that. Thank you, Corey. That was beautifully said. And I think everything that you all just touched upon is just, those are the perfect takeaways from this conversation. Um, and you're exactly right. I mean, we're here, even on this podcast, we're here to connect. We're here to share insights and to share struggles and encouragement. And I hope that that's something that our listeners can take away from this podcast and apply not only in the camp settings, but also as they go day to day. And hopefully um, it helps inform them with some encouragement and a little, little guidance and, um, yeah, helping support all of our, all of our mesh needs. So as we wrap, I know we could talk for so much longer about this topic. This is such a timely and important subject. Um, and I'm so grateful that we've had the chance to, to share what we have today. We may just have to do a part two and circle back and see how we're all doing. 
Um, but in the meantime, do you all have, are there, is there anything that we haven't talked on today that you all wanted to mention any final thoughts before we wrap up our conversation? Okay. And if not, where can our listeners find you? Where can they connect with you? Whether that's through your camps, the work that you're doing, where can they learn more? Um, or if they want to reach out, where can they find you? Uh, I am at Dave Brown, LCSW.com. That the LCSW is licensed clinical social worker. So that's, that's where people can find me if they want to learn more about my work and yeah, thank you. Yeah. And I'm always happy to, to connect with people as well. Um, I'll give you my email, cmiller at urj.org, but often people remember Camp Harlem and that's Harlem with two A's, but some, somehow people really seem to remember that. So a quick search of Camp Harlem and you're, you're going to find me, Corey, you know, in lots of spots on the website with my contact information. And likewise, I'll give you my email. It's Ali, A-L-L-I at campfoley.com. I'm also all over that website if you uh, can't remember that email. And also happy to talk to anybody at any point about any of these topics. All right. And we'll be sure to include links to all those in the show notes. So people don't have to, to, to remember them, um, on their own, but thank you all so much for taking the time to talk about such a valuable topic. Alicia, thank you so much for your guidance and leadership on this conversation. Again, this is so valuable and I'm so grateful to each and every one of you. So thank y'all so much for joining us today. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in to today's episode. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to subscribe to the CampWire podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, be sure to follow the American Camp Association on all social media platforms at ACA Camps. We'll see you next time.